have to be really willing to listen to people, ask questions, and and really like change whatever perspective it was already in your head, and then learn from that and apply it. Welcome to Design to Be Conversation, presented by Design to Be, and hosted by Design to Be founder and CEO, me, Rachel Weissman. Design to Be is a community that elevates designers to become empowered, educated, and effective using EQ-based tools and practices. In this show, I have conversations with design leaders about how investing in their EQ has impacted their design career. Today's episode marks our 18th episode and final episode of the first season of Design to Be Conversation. We'll be taking a couple month break and we'll be back the first week of August. We greatly appreciate each of you listening and are beyond excited for what's to come. So be sure to follow along with Design to Be on social at design underscore to be or head to designtobeconversation.com and sign up for our mailing list to stay up to date with the return of season two. Now let's get into today's episode. So today I speak with Pablo Stanley. Pablo is the co-founder and CEO of Blush. Pablo has a YouTube channel called Sketch Together and gives talks and workshops around product design, animation, illustration systems, storytelling, behavioral economics, and the art of comics. He is also a writer and illustrator of The Design Team, a comic series that follows the lives of designers working at a startup. We dive into the benefits of staying curious to spark your creativity, ways and techniques to fight creative blocks, How being curious can keep you grounded and motivated by questioning your assumptions and embracing new ways of learning through your design process, and how cultivating curiosity will help you become a more inspired designer. Welcome, Pablo, to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is exciting and uh, looking forward to just like learning from other people here. Is it going to be just me or are we going to have a discussion? So, yeah, so it's it's just going to be us two chatting, and then I'm happy that you brought that up. So, folks, we're going to leave about 10 or so minutes for questions at the end. So if you have any questions about anything that we're talking about, feel free to pipe that into the chat, and we'll be sure to get to that about the last 10 minutes or so. So diving into the topic for this evening, so I'd love to... Take a step back and make sure that we're all aligned on what curiosity is. So I'd love to hear from your perspective, Pablo, of what curiosity means to you. What is curiosity? I think uh, the idea that, uh, that you are open to new ideas, that you are willing to ask questions and experiment and, and try new things. And curiosity, it's the act of like rethinking your assumptions and going deeper into finding a different solution. I don't know. I made us a long answer. Something like that. What do you think is curiosity? So I agree with what you're saying. Of I feel like at the heart of a lot of what curiosity is, is I love that you said questioning your assumptions. 
So like the opposite of curiosity is very much like a all knowing or you're or almost like contentment for what is and questioning what you think that you know or what you might know is also just such an essential skill to develop as a designer of how can you look at this from another perspective or how can you look at it from oh even though you've been looking at something maybe for days or years straight how can you maybe take a step back and try to maybe cultivate a bit more empathy with something else or someone else yeah and it's hard right because it's easier to just like fall into confirmation bias and just like finding comfort and i don't know into our belief systems the things that we already know because we're lazy by nature right our brains don't want to think they're they're like I, uh, what is the easiest route and sometimes our brains trick us into just like going into the easiest answer, the one that is like in our memories or biases that we already have and mm -hmm. just like go with that answer. And I think it is kind of also like as we grow older and we have more stuff put into our brains, we have to mm -hmm. like actively spark and like work on that muscle of our curiosity because we have to question and just rethink our assumptions and not just go with the things because we have done it always this way and yeah it, it is that and also i think it's a little bit about like <laughs> like fighting or pride because i think pride just like plays a role against or curiosity because those beliefs that we have we just like like tend to hold them stronger because we are in a culture that rewards the people who are assertive who who sounds smart or looks smart, who always mm -hmm. have the answer. So not knowing something, not knowing an answer, admitting that you don't have knowledge on something, like can make us feel vulnerable, right? And in this environment that we have created for ourselves, because mm -hmm. we, we tend to feel like afraid of being punished for not knowing something. And in that case, knowledge like can become almost like a weapon, almost like a like a status currency where that you mm -hmm. use it to just like hey, to be on top of others. I don't know. Like anyway, I'm talking about something else. <laughs> no, no, no. I like I love I love this rabbit hole that we've we've gone down. And I've spoken about this in a few other episodes with folks where holding on to the I know this and I am right. And really the like allowing like the ego to drive the design is a lack of curiosity of interacting with other people and being open to different perspectives. So I, I feel like, yes, that was a very much a worthwhile tangent to go down. I mean, we also talk about like the imposter syndrome, right? And I think it exists because of this, because in the workplace, knowing we have set it as a, as a sense of power. Mm -hmm. And but now with that, like it creates this fear of like, knowing enough and like not having all the answers and hence like feeling inadequate and admitting that we just like don't know something that we're uncertain about something we tend to believe that makes us look weak when in reality mm -hmm. like not knowing something it's an opportunity to to learn and to grow and to discover something new and to ask questions and but like i don't know like i think it like culturally I don't know. I blame capitalism into making <laughs> us believe that, hey, if you don't know something, like you're weak. Also, 
what goes against that is humility, right? What goes against that pride. And I think uh, that is what opens the gates to curiosity, meaning that suddenly we we don't know something, that we don't have all the answers. Like mm -hmm. that allows us to suddenly ask questions, to to search for those solutions. And, and in that case, like humility becomes a strength because suddenly by asking questions, we start digging deeper into things that people were not asking themselves because they were too proud to do that. So now I'm talking about like... <laughs> 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 no, so it's okay because a lot of these topics are also very much related, and uh, the and vulnerability I feel like is such an important aspect to touch on when talking about curiosity. And it's scary; it's damn scary to admit I don't really know this, or okay, I'm still just figuring it out. Especially as maybe you're interviewing for a job, or you're trying to go up for a promotion, or you're just navigating the design process, <laughs> however it may be. And it's really vulnerable and scary to admit that you're wrong, but I loved how you connected curiosity with vulnerability and how those can actually be perceived as strengths. So tying back into the title of our talk for today a little bit of uh, curiosity in relation to inspiration. So what would you say is the like connective tissue there with relating curiosity and inspiration? Inspiration. I think uh, I'll speak for for myself and like part of what for me I have a lot of little things that I do on the side, like side projects and little things that mm. I try here and there. Yeah, and I, I had really hadn't thought about it, and really like only until now. And and also my partner, she was also like telling me like, "Oh, Pablo, like you do these things because." you are really curious. I was like, oh, really? I didn't know. <laughs> but like it's coming from what she told me, I think uh, I can say, what is the inspiration that drives those other things uh, mm. that I do, like those side projects? What is the inspiration and what is the curiosity that drives them? And I think for me, there's like four different things. And I think it's a uh, learning something new. I see it as a learning experience. Also to like seek freedom, like autonomy. And sometimes it's also because of a cause that I really believe in. And sometimes it's just for, just because it sounds like it's going to be fun and entertaining. But on the learning side, like, for example, I get excited about a new tool, a new technology or something that is out there and just it sparks that curiosity where I might know a little bit about it, but mm -hmm. I don't know enough. And by not knowing enough, then suddenly I, I'm intrigued and I want to know more. And that mm -hmm. inspires me to dig deeper into it and trying to do something about it. Because like, I also mm -hmm. believe in the idea that is you learn by making, by doing something. So mm -hmm. that curiosity leads me into like trying something with that tool, with that technology, with that, I don't know, like a new code or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I create something with it. The inspiration sometimes is, comes from, from that need to learn. And also, I think it comes from, from a need sometimes from freedom. I wouldn't say right now that, like right now that I'm at blush, I don't feel like I need that freedom because at work, like, <laughs> I feel like I have the dream job and hopefully the rest of the team does too. But usually before, I think I did seek for some kind of autonomy and like, because sometimes you you might work at a place where that doesn't allow you to explore your creativity or it's frustrating or 
you don't feel like you have control over things. So mm -hmm. I suppose like as humans, we need to have control over something. And if at the workplace, we don't have that, we tend to seek other places where we have that. And I think that's also something that drives that and it sparks that curiosity into doing something. And also just because sometimes it's just like, because it's dumb and because it sounds fun and because it like, why not? <laughs> like, for example, one of the latest projects that I, that I had, was, uh, I created a design astrologist called Pablito Planeta. <laughs> and the idea was like, Hey, I combined two different things that, that you wouldn't think that they would go together. Why? But actually they did like it. <laughs> Because if you look at every blog post starting the new year or ending the last year, mm. it's always like predictions for the next year, design predictions, what is going to trend. It's always just like really just plain astrologers, like mm -hmm. astrologers. Oh, like, oh my God, I have to do like an astrologer, like doing the same that all these blog posts do, where it's like, what are the design trends for 2021? And I just like turn something that already exists and turn it into something else. And I think that also can inspire you into things that already exist that might, you might think that don't go well together. You will find magic in those things that already exist, but then suddenly you remix them and you create a matchup of, of stuff. And I don't know, they sound fun. Yeah. You have such an awareness of what really lights you up. And I feel like that's such an important key when leaning into what inspires you. And also, I love that you brought up just doing things for fun. <laughs> and it also then inspires other people to do that same thing of doing things for the joy of it. But I love that you called out those different aspects because like knowing yourself and being aware of what really makes you tick. And for you is this really innate curiosity to learn, to grow, to figure out new tools, to push things together, create new things and express yourself, which is like amazing. And which is why so many people love following you and watching. I, I saw that, Karen, I saw the IG series as well. I'm a Sag. But <laughs> oh, cool. And so it's amazing just to be aware of what really makes you tick and allow that to then inspire you to create different different things. Yeah. Like I was saying, it's just like a muscle that you have to train. And you, like, I think being aware of it can really empower you because like suddenly you are more, more proactive about it and you make it part of your, your habits. I think also I would say that being curious is a privilege because to be curious, you have to have the time to allow yourself to be curious. Having time and having calm in your life allows you to really explore something else, like mm -hmm. going into this exploratory world of the uncertain, of the, the place of the unknown. Usually, sometimes when we are pressure, when we have anxiety, when we make decisions almost in a life or death situation like we're not allowed to be curious we just like pressure to make a decision but like mm -hmm. being curious is a privilege in which you have the time and the and that place where you can suddenly go and explore something that you didn't know i don't take it for granted i think it's something that i that i'm aware of i think that everyone can just like have if you suddenly you have a lot of uh, responsibilities at home and you have a lot of pressures and in different areas and being curious is not something you can allow yourself sometimes. Mm -hmm. And 
as a single man. Well, no, I'm not single. I, I have a girlfriend, so I suppose I'm not single. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, like as someone that like uh, has created this environment in which I have that time, I have also been very intentional about creating that space for myself. I'm very boring. <laughs> I don't go to parties. I don't watch Netflix as much. I don't have a lot of friends, but that also allows me to have that time to do all our explorations. So being curious is also allowing yourself to do that. I don't know. Like, does that make sense? Oh my God. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the aspect of, of privilege and diving specifically into the work environment. If you're not in a psychologically safe work environment, it's really, really hard to lean into that curiosity and lean into that inspiration. And that's where more setting your boundaries, but also having honest, <laughs> honest chats with your manager or do what you need to do to remove yourself from that situation. But it's a tricky one, but I feel like it's very much being honest with that. But related, I'd love to dive into you sharing a time when maybe you experience some kind of creative block in some way, because it's easy to dive into more of the let's lean into curiosity all the time. And I can feel completely inspired all the time. But of course, even if we are in a psychologically safe place, it might feel hard to lean into that curiosity or feel like you can be inspired. And so I'm curious, um, a time when you needed really to lean into that inspiration and what you did. It comes and goes. It's not like always there's, <laughs> I've had times where it's really hard to feel motivated and hard to just like do the things that like make you feel warm and fussy inside. I think what creates those creative blocks, it's trying to to have this idealized version of what you want to create and then mm -hmm. sticking too much to that version and being perfectionist and saying it has to be done this way mm -hmm. and i think i have learned to accept that i don't know to accept the stuff that is unfinished and mm -hmm. putting it out there before it's finished or understanding that hey i could do more but it's okay and also allowing myself to not being dragged by a project that is just like sucking my soul. Like if it is a personal project that suddenly is not going anywhere, don't go into the sunk cost fallacy and just like keep investing on it. Like, no, you have to also allow yourself to let it go and say like, okay, I tried it. Didn't mm -hmm. work out. I'm not interested anymore in it. And this is just like driving me insane. <laughs> so like, also you have to allow yourself to let go, maybe put it back in the backlog and the list of things that you never finished. And it's okay. You shouldn't allow those things also to make you feel bad because then you also like feel bad that you didn't finish it. And you're always mm -hmm. just like, you go to sleep and no, I haven't done that thing. No, I think I, I have developed a sense of like a hey, letting those things go. And then they might come back by themselves later. Something else is going to spark them back into life. But if not, then I try to appreciate what I learned by trying it. And if, even if it, I didn't release something, I didn't launch something, I was able to learn something from it. So mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a matter of allowing yourself to not finish things and also allowing yourself to put things that seem unfinished out there and not mm -hmm. just blocking yourself into that perfect 
idealized version of whatever you are creating. We do that to ourselves, like we're or worse on critics, and we're just like, no, this people are going to think that this sucks, that this, this is horrible, and uh, like I'm going to be embarrassed. And I'll tell you this: nobody cares. <laughs> 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 what are you put out there? Like, if people don't like it. Eh, they're they're just like not going to care, and that's it. You can move on, and you also have to be okay with people not caring, and then like a learn from that, and then move on to the next thing. I think uh, learn from what why people didn't care, and but also don't be too don't let people command what you're doing. If people really like it, also don't let it command you because then you're going to mm. get stuck into just doing the same thing always. If you're always looking mm. at the metrics, if you're always looking at the numbers, if you're always just seeing the engagement of that thing that you did, you're going to say like, oh, well, people, I guess that's what they like. I'm only going to do that. And then you're not allowing yourself to be curious anymore and try different things and exploring different things. I would say something controversial. I think that consistency is overrated. I think that you should try different things and you should always question whatever you're creating and then leave whatever you tried. Okay, that's cool. That was my squiggles era. Now let's move on to the next thing. And I think like whenever you go to like how to make it as an artist, how to make it as a creative, the first mm -hmm. thing that they will tell you, be consistent. And I think consistency is good, but I don't think consistency in the things that you explore. And I think that's where mm -hmm. people might, we might get stuck into thinking that we just have to do the same thing always. And no, be consistent maybe in, in your beliefs and your values and what you talk about. But try different things that really keep you going and really like curiosity is just also a fuel that just like keeps you creating stuff. I don't know. Like I, maybe it's just like a, sometimes I misunderstand whatever people, whenever people say like, be consistent. Mm -hmm. uh, and I said, no, because if you go to my Instagram, you're going to see that I am not consistent at all. But maybe that's why I'm stuck at 40,000 followers. I need to be more consistent and maybe people... <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, what was I saying? Oh my God. I just like see curiosity took us to this spot where I'm just talking about something totally different. I would almost not argue with what you're saying, but I feel like there is underneath the, the lack of consistency is a consistent aspect of values. And I feel like you're very aware of like what you're putting out into the, this world and your intent behind it which at its core, there's some elements of consistency, but the actual expression of what is out there is very inconsistent in a way that I feel like inspires folks and keeps, keeps people on their toes and, and all of that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. okay. so switching gears a little bit, for any folks that have questions, we're going to switch to questions in, in about five or so minutes. So feel free to populate any questions that you might have. But for folks that are keen on uh, starting to grow their curiosity and uh, really lean into that to uh, possibly become more inspired or elevate their design practice in some way, do you have any recommendations on where folks could get started? I mean, it's just the basic. It's just like ask questions, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Don't, don't assume things. Don't just fall into assumptions and i think being open-minded whenever you're asking questions don't just ask questions to find the answer that is already in your head 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like seek for validation. No, be open-minded and actually see if there's something that will actually like go against whatever you're believing. And for that, well, you have to really care about what the, the other people are saying and, and listen. And from that, like take it as a as something that helps you grow, like transform that idea that you have into something new and learn from that. And then go back into the cycle of asking questions and ask questions, be open-minded. I don't know, care about what they're saying and, and practice it also. Like learn by practicing it, like trying whatever you are, the questions that you ask, the answers that you found, like try them and then find new answers after that. I think it is just a, like going in that cycle where you're always willing to learn. And one thing that I that I see is like, see the problems, the design problems that arrive to, to us, like the user stories and all that stuff, see them as mysteries, you know, like as mysteries and something that you have to solve. If you see it as that, then suddenly it becomes something that is like a, has an emotional value too, right? And as designers also, we have to be comfortable with the uncertain, with the certainty. And we have to be okay with not knowing everything and being in that place where the answers are not obvious and use that more as a driving force to really find new things, explore new things, experiment, and really innovate. So keep them open-minded, be comfortable with uncertainty, and see problems as mysteries to solve. I love it. And how have you seen that? I feel like it, it's slightly implied, but how have you seen that help you become a more effective designer? I think it's uh, like that. You just like uh, suddenly you you fight your assumptions, right? And you rethink them. You allow yourself to be surprised and try different things. I think as a as a designer, it helps me because it keeps me motivated. And it keeps me like creating things. I think uh, curiosity is almost like a fuel. I mean, research in a way, it's just like pure curiosity. You have to be really willing to listen to people, ask questions and, and really like change whatever perspective it was already in your head and then learn from that and apply it. I think as a researcher in design, that is like the driving force of what you're doing, curiosity. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Thank you. So one one last question and then we'll switch to questions in the chat. A lot of what we've spoken about today, if you zoom out, it's relating to EQ or emotional intelligence. So I'm curious why you from your perspective, why you think it is important for designers to invest in their EQ. Hmm. Well, it's beneficial because it'll again, it allows us to to fight our pride, to be humble, to be open-minded, to be willing to collaborate with others when we we do those things, <laughs> then yeah, it just like allows us to be curious. I'm sorry, that's my answer. That's it. No, it's it's amazing. So we can switch now to the chat. So I see one question from Spanana. How do you find inspiration in design or in day-to-day? -day? How do you find inspiration? I think inspiration is everywhere. That's what they say. And I think it is. Like, for example, I just started reading 
I feel embarrassed that I hadn't read it before, but I started reading uh, A Brave New World. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm getting so inspired about things to do with this new thing that is like coming. And by the way, like in a way, A Brave New World is like a future in which curiosity is killed. People have to be conditioned into believing something, you know, like, and, and that's the way the system works in the fu- this dystopian future. Sorry, I'm, not, I'm going somewhere else. But what I'm trying to say is inspiration comes from everywhere where you are willing to find it. And that can be in music, that can be in a video that you watch, in media, that can also be in a book, that can be just like walking around and seeing other people. Many writers have mentioned that it's like whatever they write and the stories that they write, they they usually are real stories from other people. It's not just they just came out of their heads. It's like they're based on on them being more observing the, the world that is around them. So if you are more, oh man, my words, my English, if you are more observer, a better observer of the world, then you will truly find inspiration. As for myself, I find inspiration in like talking to other people and the ideas that they have, the things that they are reading, the work that they're doing. And then that inspires me and it's like, oh, I want to do something. And also collaborating and then putting one idea that usually is a bad idea and then, but put it out there for others to hear. And then the other people build on top of that idea and then it transforms into something else. I think that is also like you being willing to just like share the things that are in your head and then being okay with people say that's a terrible idea, Pablo, and say like, okay, we can move to the next one. But sometimes they will say like, oh, that's pretty cool. Let's work on that. And also you being willing to just like, hey, that's a pretty cool idea. Let's work on it too. Beautiful. So next question from Jamie. What are some observation techniques you use to practice your curiosity? What are some observation techniques? I don't know, like uh, being intentional about whatever is out that you're consuming, you're making a decision into, I'm consuming this thing. And then saying like, how can I do something with this? I create a filter of things. I usually don't watch or like consume stuff that I'm not feeling like it's enriching me or giving me new ideas. So Mm -hmm. if it is just like mind numbing stuff, I don't watch it. I just don't see it. And I, I, I like, I try to, (laughs) I don't know, move to the next thing. And maybe it's just mind numbing for myself and it might be inspiring for others. But if it is, if that's causing for me, I just like remove it from, from my time. I, I feel like I have a very limited amount of time, during the day and I try to use it as efficiently as possible, which sounds so boring and sounds so like, I don't know, like, mm. but I have to be careful about that. Whereas like hey, the time that I have, I want to invest it. Like for example, that reading that book, it's really, if it hadn't been inspired for me, I would have stopped reading it. I would have been like, okay, this is not for me. But no, it's really now, like I cannot stop reading it now. But I made that decision and I was intentional about it because I was getting something out of it. So if you suddenly like it's something in your radar in front of you that is not doing that for you, then just like remove it or just move along and go to the next thing. I don't know. That sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) And also maybe I'm priving myself also from a lot of things that uh might actually inspire something else, but I'm just like saying, man, that's not inspiring enough. I don't know. 
I think also what you're alluding to is you're aware of what brings you up and what brings you down. And I'm the same way. Like, I don't really watch TV. I don't really like do any of the like super like fun, fun, fun things that people coin as fun. But I'm aware of what really lights me up and really lean into that, which I feel like is a beautiful thing to do and is more of like a refinement of your life than anything else. So we're going to have one more question. Sorry for the rest of the folks from Sarah. So I'm a new designer trying to break into the field. How can I best stay curious and inspired during the job hunt? How to stay curious? I'm trying to understand the question as in like curious in like where to look the job or what kind of jobs to look, or is it more about like how curiosity can help you in your job hunt? Okay, let's go with the second one. She says, staying inspired instead of discouraged. Oh, okay. Well, it's hard, right? It's hard not to, to not get discouraged when, when you get a no from a job, I don't know, opportunity. And would you get constant rejection? It, it can be tough. And I can say that you get better at it. And you, if you are just willing to just like say, okay, screw it. I would say like for myself, for example, last year when starting Blush, I had to go through this process of like talking to investors and seeing uh, that Blush got funded. And it was a place where I suddenly like I would get constant, constant rejection. Like my calendar was full of talk, like different meetings with investors. And it was just like, constant no and no and questioning and just like faces are like, so that was a tough time but then after that i started seeing it as a as something that like made me stronger in a way suddenly i started gaining more confidence i started realizing well they said no because they sucked because they did a terrible job when i was talking to them and only until like after a lot of rejections and until a lot of talking to different people, only until then I was realizing that, oh, I'm actually improving my pitch. I'm actually improving how I'm talking about blush. So if it's any encouragement, you will get better at like your interviewing about talking about your process, about like you presenting your work. And also, I also like thank them for saying no too. I actually said, like, look back and I was like, oh, I dodged a bullet there. They were brave enough to say no to me and because we weren't a match. Also, like I started seeing it as a way where it's like, hey, but, but I learned something from that. I actually discovered, I understood later that they were not the right investors for Blush. Like, I'm really thankful that they say no. And maybe it's like, maybe it's later, you know, and maybe that's, that's going to be an opportunity for later. So seeing it as an opportunity to grow, that can be an encouragement. But I can see like still like rejection and just feels horrible. It sucks. And talk to the people, do the things that make you happy. So it, it inspires you and just like gets you back in there and just like gets you back in those meetings and ah, showing your, your best self. Hopefully that helps. And also like maybe if they're saying no, maybe because of your portfolio or whatever you're presenting sucks, <laughs> maybe you need to improve it. Maybe uh, see it as also an inspiration as like, hey, maybe I should work on this portfolio. Maybe I should improve it. And I'm pretty sure you do. I'm pretty sure you're doing it and you're constantly thinking about it. But hopefully that's that's a way that like, hey, seeing it as it's an opportunity to learn and grow. Yeah. We're looking for the designers though, if you want to interview. 
<laughs> I don't know who, who was asking the question, but uh, yeah, I'll connect you with Sarah. She's a gem of a human. So we'll end with uh, one last question, Pablo. So if you can ask one thing of the audience, so folks now on the call and folks that are listening later in relation to curiosity. So one thing that folks can possibly do, or you can ask of them in relation to curiosity, what would it be? You mean I ask a question and they're going to answer that right now? One thing that you could ask of them to do or ponder or think of or start doing one thing to ask of the audience. Yeah. Make it a habit to question yourself and also admitting when you're wrong. And admitting when you're wrong, admitting it to yourself first and also admitting Mm -hmm. to others. And then also... Be thankful for the people who change your mind. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Pablo, for your time, your energy, your charisma. And it was a joy to talk with you this evening. Oh, thank you. This is really nice because, again, I'm going to talk about privilege. I feel privileged of being asked these questions. I don't get to talk about these things or ponder about these things. And and you creating this space, asking these questions, and then opening it for everyone to listen. I think it's, it's really kind of you to offer your time that way and then put in a platform for people like me to share what they think. So I thank you, Rachel, for that and everyone that is here. Yeah. Thank you all for joining and talk to you all soon. See you. Bye-bye. Adiosito. Un beso. That wraps up another episode of Design to Be Conversation. Thanks so much for listening. If you're curious for more ways to invest in your EQ, to be a more empowered, educated, and effective designer, head over to designtobe.com. That is D-E-S-I-G-N-T-O-B-E.com. You can take our design process EQ quiz or sign up for a newsletter to receive the latest Design to Be community building, live offerings, and self-inquiry guidance directly to your inbox. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you may listen. Be sure to share this podcast with a fellow designer who's interested in investing in their EQ. And again, thanks so much for listening.